want to first, uh, just a couple of things before we begin the homily. One is uh, Parish Life Conference. We just, Jan and I just returned uh, late last night uh, from the Parish Life Conference. A joyous time with uh, all the clergy and their wives, and uh, especially with Bishop Joseph. Had a really good time with him, good meetings with him. Just want to let you know that just really a good spirit on the West uh, with Bishop Joseph, the clergy, and uh, all the ministers in our diocese. In our in our diocese, are, it's a very very uh, blessed diocese um, and wonderful time. Uh, another thing, I just wanted to uh, encourage you that one of the reasons we're asking the choir to be up front during the summer is so that you'll sing. So you can help that by, you know, that's really an important thing, that there's a sense of being directed by uh, Valerie, the choir director, in regard to all of us. It's the voice of the church, not just the voice of the choir that God wants to hear. So uh, I want to encourage you to where you can, uh, where you're comfortable, sing. The glory to God to lift up our voices to him. Uh, so in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. I want to begin this morning. Uh, there's a thousand places I could start this homily. But this is where I'll start. About uh, 35 years ago, after I went through my rebellious time in college, came back to my father. He's a good, good dad. He's a wonderful father, a very patient man, um, incredible individual. And you know, when you get to that point in life where you look back, say, from 16 to whenever, okay? Because everybody starts messing up around 16 some way. 16 to 20, 25 or so. You, you regret what you've done, especially toward your parents, if there is a regret toward them. Uh, and it became very apparent to me that I needed to go talk to my father and ask his forgiveness. I'll never forget this. Uh, so I did, and I, it wasn't hard for me to do that because he was a very gentle man. I went to him and dad, I said, you know, all the stuff, you know, that I've done to disappoint you, that I've done to upset you, all the things that I've done in my life that, that maybe have been an offense to you, I want you to forgive me. And his words were, I already have. Wow. You know, beloved, God is waiting. Because he's already forgiven. He's already paid the sacrifice. In, in a sense, that's done. We just have to walk in it. We just have to come to him. When I read the epistle this morning, uh, early this week, and uh, at, the, at the end of the epistle, it says, Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. 
Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. And bless and do not curse them. You know, I'm a person that likes to check off the boxes. I didn't check one of those. I'm working on them, but I couldn't put an X in them. And then I read the Prochemenon verse, Save me, O Lord, for the godly man has disappeared. That's the Prochemenon. So, we struggle, beloved, with our weaknesses. But God, this is so important. God has given us the remedy. The medicine is available to us. This is so wonderful. You know, the Jews had to wait a whole year to be atoned. A whole year. And then sometimes it didn't work. All you have to do is say, God, forgive me. God, be merciful to me. And he pours out his forgiveness on you. It's it's poured upon you. So we wonder why sometimes in this gospel text, this still is a really incredible moment in the life of the Lord and his disciples. Here comes a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Be healed, arise and walk. That's not what he said. That's what you think he would say. You know what he said? Your sins are forgiven you. And then he was, as it appears in the text, like he was going to walk away. He was going to walk away. But then when the, when the, the uh, Pharisees were bothered that somebody could say this, your sins are forgiven you, he said, well, then arise and walk and take your pallet and go home so that you know that I have the power to forgive sins. So his bigger concern for the paralytic was not his paralysis, his physical problem, it was his spiritual problem. It was his sins were besetting him. So what is this big deal about sin, and what is so important about forgiveness? Well, beloved, sin initially cast man out from paradise. We're supposed to be in the garden now. We're supposed to be in communion with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're supposed to converse with Him in the garden. We're supposed to walk with Him. We're supposed to be filled with grace, the power of God, the mercy of God, the joy of God. It's supposed to just be flowing into us. We're supposed to be coming more and more like God every moment of our life unto eternity. We're supposed to be getting better and better and better all the time by the grace of God being poured out in our hearts, in our bodies. We're supposed to be uh, away from the passionate desires of things. 
We are supposed to live a dispassionate life in total control of all our bodily appetites, in total control of every emotion. We're supposed to not get sick. We're supposed to not die. Sin did all that stuff to us. That's why it's so important to God that He forgives you. Because you know what He wants more than anything? He wants to walk with you in the garden. He wants to commune with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to dwell in your heart. You know, He can dwell anywhere in the universe. And He does. But you know where He wants to dwell the most? Right there. Well, right there. Right in your heart. That's the most desirable place for God to be in the heart of man. He wants to fill us with grace so we become more and more like him, become deified day after day after day. He wants us to overcome our passions. He wants us to overcome physical illness. He wants us to overcome death, not be afraid of it. See, death for us is passive. Something, in a sense, I say this carefully, to look forward to. So, so important for us, I think, to understand the need to be forgiven and God's power that he wants to bestow upon us because we walk in sins that, uh, that inhibit this power to be given to us. So, I was talking with Father Wayne Wilson uh, at the conference, you know, and he's, he's got uh, diabetes. And as diabetes is, as you know, uh, if you know that it kind of progressively gets worse and you have to do some things to deal with it. And he was telling me, he said, he said when are we going to eat? I said, well, about a half hour. He says, okay, I've got to go take my shot. So because at a certain time now, before he eats, he's got to shoot up with some special medicine so that he, his diabetes doesn't over, overreact or his, uh, the problem doesn't overreact. And so uh, he has to do some things to get better. It's not just you go to the doctor, the doctor says you've got diabetes and that's okay. So in terms of us walking in forgiveness, there are some things that God is asking us to do so that the medicine is effective, so that, so that the, the illness that we have can, can truly be healed. There's some things that he asks of us. So as receiving this medicine, the holy forgiveness of God that is poured out upon mankind, fashioned by his own sacrifice, he asks us to do several things. One, he asks us to just repent. Lord, forgive me. And as quickly as you can do that after you sin, the better. And if, if confession is necessary, I would encourage you to come. If you feel that stuff's in you and you need to get it out, you need to say it out loud to the priest before the icon of Christ so that, that the shame of the sin is released in you. That's one of the blessings of a, 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 of a confession is that the shame of the sin is released. 
you don't say it out loud to somebody, that shame has a tendency to stay in there. So, so beloved, repent. God, forgive me. I am sorry that I've offended you. Please give me strength not to repeat this. And if there's something I need to do to change my life, help show that to me. That's repentance. It's not just I'm sorry. It, it, it involves more than I'm sorry. It involves I'm truly sorry that I've broken communion with God. The most important relationship I have is this communion with God, and I've broken it because of my sin. He's unable to pour His grace into my heart. I've blocked the path. That's sad. God help me. I don't want the path of grace blocked. I want it open again. God, be merciful to me. Forgive me. So we repent. Repent, repent, repent. And, and, and it's so important, I think, that when we repent, we, we don't continue to go back and, and bemoan it. No, it's important to be sorry for your sin. It's important sometimes to have sorrow your whole life for sin, sins you've committed. It's not a bad thing to be sorrowful, but to go back and, and become pity yourself about that, that's not necessarily a healthy spot. The saints say self-pity is a function of pride. So be careful of that. So we stay away from pitying ourselves. One of the saints said, that uh, was really interesting when I was reading this, Years ago, it just says, you know, we say, oh, how can I have done this? How can I have done this? What do you mean, how can you do this? You know yourself. You know how you can do this. You think you're, you think you're God? You think you're sinless? No, you, sin, you will sin. So don't be surprised, but repent. Don't use that as an excuse. Repent and get up and move forward. Look ahead. Not backwards. You know what happens when you look back onto the sins so much? You know what happens to you? You know what happened to Lot's wife? Turn into a pillar of salt. You become bitter. You keep looking back on all the stuff you've done, all the stuff you've done. Not a good place to do. Repent and move on. God has forgiven you. God's forgiven you. And then he, the Lord says, and this is a condition, he even puts on forgiving us. He says, you have to forgive the sins of other people. It's very important that we understand this. I will never forget, you know, I've had, I've had several confessions with uh, Bishop Basil, and every confession he asks me, Are, have you forgiven everyone in your life? Is there anyone you're holding a grudge with? At the end of every confession, no matter what I say, how long I take, he always asks that question. Why? Because God says, you need to forgive others. That's a condition. It's a condition for us. So we need to learn to let stuff go. Not to hold the bitterness of someone else's offense so much that it clogs up the ability to God to pour his grace into us. That's why he says, I need you to forgive other people. Because what unforgiveness does is it clogs your artery. It clogs up. It brings a heaviness to your heart. You feel it. You feel that heaviness when you think of a person that you have not forgiven. You feel the, you feel the heaviness in your heart. That's a clogged artery. 
a clogged spirituality. God wants that out. So learn, beloved, to forgive others. The way I do it, just to tell you, is I, I recount the many lists of sins God has forgiven me. And it goes way out above this roof. And then I look and I say, what is the offense that this person has done to me? And I look down and it's like right there. God's forgiven me this much. I've been offended this much. I should be able to say, I forgive you. Should be able to. Should help us. Then finally, and it's the beauty of the thief's confession, is that we have to be very careful in, as we approach God for forgiveness not to justify ourselves. You know, the thief went to paradise not because he, he, he stood with the Lord and said, remember me today in paradise. Remember me, remember me in your kingdom. And the Lord said, today you will be with me in paradise. The reason he went to paradise is because he didn't justify himself. He didn't say, I'm here because this happened to me. Because this person did this to me, and that person did that to me, and I had to steal, and I had to... No. He said, I stand here justly. I'm condemned justly. You, you are here not with, with, with injustice, but I stand here justly. So the, the way to paradise is not to justify our sins. So when we confess before God, we just say, God, forgive me for being angry. And we, we forget, and we make sure we don't use the word because. There is a reason you got angry. And that's okay. But that's not in confession. Because normally what happens there is you begin to confess someone else's sin. And that's not confession. And then all of a sudden the whole confession turns into the other person's confession. I did this because my wife. And you want to hear something else don't justify it. Just confess it. Keep it simple. Forgive me, I, I did this. I did this. There were reasons it happened, but God, I am sorry that I did it. I'm sorry that I did it. Okay, so be very careful of that. So very simply, beloved, repent. Repent quickly. Forgive others. Forgive others. And do not justify yourself before God. God knows why. You don't need to tell him. But what he wants to hear from you is how sorry you are that this, this thing clogged up the artery. Because, beloved, God wants to pour his grace into you so desperately. He wants to love you, as Father Hopko says, ruthlessly. So let, let that be your way. Find your way back to the garden. Walk with God. Allow his grace to be poured into your life. Live your life unto him, to his glory. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.